mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. My guest today is Nima Vand, who you may know from Bravo's Shaws of Sunset. He is here with us to talk about the physical transformation he made after his divorce and share some things about food and weight loss that he hasn't talked about before. Nima also has a podcast under the Action Park Media umbrella called Off Brand with Nima Vand. You can find him on Instagram at Nima Vand. Nima Van, welcome to the American Glutton Podcast. Thank you for having me. How are you, man? I'm Thanks good, man. How are you? Good. Now, look, I want to say first, I do not think that divorce is a necessary component to changing your life. Right. But it kind of was in your case. It's a cliche. Like right. It's a total cliche. And it's not one that I'm like always proud of. But yeah, I went through a divorce. And then for like a year afterwards, I just continued unhealthy habits. Uh-huh. And then I would always complain about it to friends. And then one day, one of my friends, who much like you, is like super intense workout guy, was like, dude, either do something about this or shut the fuck up. And I was like, that was my moment where I was like, yep, I'm going to do something. I want to know, though, before you were married, yeah. what was your life like? Were you active prior to that? No, I, I think it's just a combination of putting on some weight in college And then there's such a connection for me with like mental health and physical health. And I don't think it often gets, it gets glossed over a lot. So I love what you do for that. I think it was just bouts of depression, not really having enough energy or getting discouraged. And so I just kind of rode a decade long unhealthy trend of just not noticing what I was eating, making bad decisions and just kind of being discouraged consistently for 10 years. And then if you have in that situation, if you have someone and I don't I don't know your your ex-wife. Sure. And so I don't want to necessarily pin the um, 
caricature of an enabler on her. I don't know. But I, I, I have seen with people and I have experienced in my life too situations where – and I'm not saying it has to be that the person is actively telling you or, or trying to get you to do, make a healthier choice or, or, or uh, a more uh, life-sustaining choice or whatever it is. But there can be a situation where you just fall into a, a habit where it's just like, no, this is what I'm doing and I have no need to do anything else. Yeah, what's ironic about my ex is that she was really active physically and was constantly trying to motivate me to be the same way. Right. And this is a great talking point that I tell anybody who talks to me about physical fitness is unless that comes from you, and you know this, unless that decision comes from you, because I was married to someone who worked out five days a week, ate really healthy. We never had tons of junk food and I still found a way to like be unhealthy. So it has to come from you. And and whatever that moment is for you, it's in, it's your own individual thing. So Mine just came after marriage. She certainly didn't enable me. It was right. all just kind of me doing it on my own. Right. Yeah. I mean, with uh, it, for, for myself, with addiction and food, both of them, they were kind of uh, unsolvable puzzles for the people around me, for my family and friends. It really did just come down to me one day making the decision. Right. And, that, and that's exactly what I experienced. And that sounds like such a cliche when you say it. Like my friend who's all fit, yelled at me. And I was like, oh, it's like, it comes, it feels like it's like a Rocky movie, you know? But it like really was that moment where I just thought, I don't feel good about myself. Like this is not working for me. And maybe I should just try something new. I think you hit that point where you're like, I don't feel happy. And, and I just didn't make the connection to how much my mental happiness would improve when my physical fitness improved. Yeah. Well, and I think also it, very often it isn't like your friend coming to you is the first time you've thought about it. Sure. You've been thinking about it or one has been thinking about it for a while because when we're not feeling good, we're thinking about that. So then you think, should I do something? You don't and on and on. And then it's that right moment. You don't know when it's going to come or who it's going to be with sometimes where someone says to you, do something. And you've been thinking about it. So you go, okay, fine, I will, you know? And this guy was like very well suited to deliver that message because he was like six foot five. He literally looks like Wolverine. He's a British fighter pilot <laughs> and a black belt in jiu-jitsu. So he's like the all alpha male. Like going out to a bar with him is like the most fucking depressing thing in the world. Right. Because you're just like, you're like the Danny DeVito to the Arnold Schwarzenegger. And by the way, no matter who you are, you're the Danny DeVito. 100%. And so, you know, maybe it was like he was the right person because I would just watch, like he just had this swag to him and he just seemed happy. And I'm like, maybe... So maybe it was the right person to deliver that message. But ultimately, when it happened, it just was like, this is it. This is my life now. Yeah. So. And you did it. You look great. Thanks. It was a combination of Orange Theory. Okay. And. Or, uh, orange Theory is what? It's a workout. So, it's like a hit class. It's yeah. like a 60-minute class. And for me, I kind of hate traditional gyms. And I just, I, if I go into like an Equinox, I don't know what I'm doing at all. Like literally at all. I invariably find myself next to somebody who's like yoked and is, you know, and I'm just like, it's like a, a meme and I'm like, okay, this isn't working. And I just, I, I don't have the motivation. I, for me, what worked for me was going into a class. All I had to do was just get myself to the door. Yeah. From that point forward, they told me everything to do for 60 minutes. It was mindless and I was out the door and that was it. That was all that I did every day for, for 
six months. Yeah. You know? And I think in any of these classes, spinning classes, right. CrossFit, if you have good knees and you're not an old man like me, any of these classes, you just show up and they're they're ultimately just getting you to exercise. Right, right. And then I think once you... I think like momentum begets momentum. So if you, once I lost two pounds, I was like, oh, it feels good. Then it was like, I lost three pounds. Then it was like, you lose five pounds. And then the, the greatest personal flex you will ever feel in your life is when a pair of jeans or a pair of pants is loose on you. Yeah. Like it's, it's just for me, it was like that moment where like whatever I'm doing is working. And then it just, you just, you're now you're inspiring yourself. So that first, Rolling of the ball is the hardest part, but once you get it going, it it really flows. And did you? What was your diet like? I love that you asked that because I never dieted a day in my life. Really? I never denied myself anything. I made a conscious choice to eat clean. Okay. So if I wanted like a piece of food that I like that day, I would try to find a healthy way to do it. So for example, like I fucking love pizza like pizza is like my favorite thing in the world and my girlfriend at the time super supportive she like mate would make me home pizzas without any cheese which i know sounds like blasphemy and it would suck but when you're motivated it's still not that bad you know and so we would just do like a, a gluten-free no cheese and just load up toppings and so i would like smart little decisions like that and i would just eat really really clean so like no processed food, no sugar. I cut out soda. And the other big thing is I cut out alcohol okay. during my fitness journey. I, I made a choice not to drink calories. That right. was because I, I mean, I would like drink wine at night every night and whatever. And I just kind of like that was a big, I'm just going to like take this six months to a year and just cut it out. Yeah, there I, I, I am not familiar with the study, but I just read about a study on alcohol and weight loss and i don't know that what i can say about it because i don't drink so i just was like oh it plays some part in it but it doesn't pertain to me because i don't drink and i kind of just skipped over it but sure the idea of drinking calories is is a real big thing because i think quite often you know if you just look at the progression of the size of of drink that we have gone through from right even when i'm older than you so when i was a kid you got a 12-ounce can of right. Coke. And then I remember where when the 16-ounce glass bottle came out, and then you, like, blinked, and there were big gulps, and people were walking around drinking two liters of soda. That's an insane amount of calories to consume. That's like a day's worth of calories that you're just sipping on. I know. And let me revise my thing, because if anyone listening is like, no alcohol, fuck this guy. Um, I would drink randomly so like if i'm going to a brunch you and i are two guys that guys can brunch by the way sure this is can. a new thing in 2020 but like if we're going to a brunch and i'm like i'm gonna have a drink i never denied myself what i mean by not drinking is i wouldn't drink at home so okay. i'm sitting at home having a glass of wine i would cut that those unnecessary calories out sure and then for soda specifically like if you look at one can of soda if you just take the sugar outside of it and just look at the calorie count do you know how fucking hard it is to burn 120 calories? It's a lot of effort. Like, run on a treadmill and keep running until you hit 120 calories. You will never look at a can of soda again the same way. Yeah. After it was like a 40-minute run, 
just to burn a hundred. I was like, I'm never touching soda again. Yeah. And then you find replacements. Like I find like seltzer water or things like, you know, Zevia is a great yeah. natural soda. Yeah, they sell it at Whole Foods, three bucks for six of them. You know, no calories. So. Yeah. And um, uh, what's the French water? Not Perrier. LaCroix. LaCroix. Mm-hmm. That's, I, that's, I see, I see mountains of this stuff. That's popular. That's good. There's, that's just carbon carbonation water. i was i was gonna bring up Lacroix, okay, but i wasn't i didn't know how to pronounce it and i, I didn't want to get roasted because i wasn't sure it was Lacroix or Lacroix, and i was like i'm people. whatever it is yeah. i want to fuck it up and you guys i saw that you guys like, that guy i didn't know what he was talking about we could so be wrong I i'm mean... glad you guys took that grenade and not me no i have a friend who calls it Lacroix, mm-hmm. and i just think fuck you he <laughs> says that it's so I, so, yeah. Lacroix. we're american yeah you know yeah. what i mean don't go anywhere We'll be right back. The alcohol thing is interesting because I think also in my own experience, even if I'm trying to eat well and if I have a drink at night, my reason kind of goes out the window. Like, oh, I'm just going to have a snack right now. And I, it's easier for me not being fully, you know, alcohol makes you a little less aware in the moment or whatever. So it's easier to go like, oh, fuck it, and just have something. So... I think when you're dieting, not drinking consistently is actually super helpful. It just helps keep you present and continue to make the right choices aside from the calorie part, you know? Yeah, I think as far as like um, calories go, I don't think like grain alcohol is super high in calories. It's not. But it's the shit you mix into it, right? Yeah. And you wind up almost like poisoning yourself with the ancillary sugar. Totally. Um I guess beer maybe has some calories in it, but then you can do light beer maybe. I'm not trying to sell anyone on alcohol. I I personally don't drink alcohol. I'm not so whatever. But if you, like, yeah, I don't think you have to stop drinking alcohol in in order to lose weight. No, no. And and again, it goes back to I never denied myself anything. I just made a conscious choice when I started to say, try to make the healthiest possible choice where and when it's possible. Yeah. If I'm at a brunch and like everyone's ordering eggs benedict, like I'm going to have that, but I'm going to modify it. So there was just little things like that. I wouldn't avoid alcohol, but again, just trying to make the smart decisions with it. Yeah. Um, and what, that's what, go ahead. What period of time, what, like what was the duration? For total weight loss? Yeah. About a year. 2016, like that whole year was basically just a cardio intensive, clean eating year. And in about a year, I lost about 55 pounds in wow. one year. So it was a crazy journey because you buy rounds of clothes, like you're a 36 waist, then you're a 34, and you buy all these pants, then it's like, well, shit, none of those fit. And then, and I'm only speaking from personal experience, I went too far. And I didn't realize I was going too far because, again, momentum, you're just like, I'm loving that I'm now skinny. And I would have friends come up to me and go, you are too skinny. And I would think, well, haters are going to hate. So I don't <laughs> care what you have to say because I like the way I look. And it it was, this is a shameless plug, but it wasn't until we did, I'll never forget this. My first season on Bravo, we did a scene where MJ, who's one of my co-hosts, had a bachelorette in Palm Springs. And I'm very like, I don't care. Like fucking take my shirt off on camera. I do not care. And I saw it air back a few months later. And I was like, is that what I look like? Because I was real thin. And I think that's the other side of weight loss is that there can be an unhealthy component to it. Like you can 
go too far down the rabbit hole. And I had to like pull back because I, when I saw my, I couldn't believe how skinny I was. It was, it was shocking to me. So I put on about 10 pounds of like muscle, I would say, just to like even out. And I feel like now I'm sort of where I needed to be. Yeah. Okay. I want, I want to talk about that because I think that's important. But when, first I want to ask you, when you talk about um, not denying yourself in clean eating, right? was this uh, intuitive dieting? Was this any following any program at all? Or just you had a sense of what was healthy? I love that question. I never followed a program. I always told myself to hire a nutritionist. I never did. I didn't want to spend gobs of money in LA for a nutritionist. So I would go on like men's health and look at their strength. A lot of resources are free online. Men's Health actually had a seven-day clean diet printed out, downloadable. And it was just lean fish, lean lean egg whites, things like that. So I would just kind of modify. Uh, the whole food salad bar saved me every day. I would literally go from Orange Theory to Whole Foods, get like a salad, make a whole big salad, put a bunch of like grilled chicken on it and go home. And that was my routine every single night. So never any kind of like concrete plan, just kind of know what's what's clean. And my rule of thumb is like the less ingredients it has, probably the better it is for you. Yeah. I think that's a really, like, I think if I jump to any period of my life, I feel that I would have been, uh, capable of going here's what is this food is healthier than this food and and largely i think it would have been stuff with less ingredients like i would say a salad is healthier than a cheeseburger right Uh, you know and a steak is healthier than a cheeseburger you know because i think though you have beef that's fine and you have rice maybe that's fine and lettuce that's fine but once it starts to have a list of stuff I think I'm generally with you. Um, where I think I worry for people is what you're talking about with going too far. And I think that it ties into like certain things where you're on a plan and then the plan requires a plan after the plan. Right. Like I've talked to Paige about this, like especially if we get into like morbid obese I don't even think you're allowed to call, say that type three obesity or what, whatever it is, um, where you're going to do something super extreme, like a liquid diet or something like that. The, the actual thing that is, in my opinion, more key than even adherence to the really strict thing is coming out of that. And what, like, you know, having a, a set endpoint if it's time or number of pounds lost or whatever that is. And then having some very structured plan for afterwards. And I and I assume you just continued in your – after you said, I'm too thin, it's still probably clean eating, right? I, I never had an exit point. Right. And that was really problematic. Yeah. Because you're – like what you just said is like probably if I could pinpoint one fitness target that's affected me the most – is the plan after the plan. Like my mindset was, you're fat, be skinny. Right. And and by the way, salads, I mean, I'm, I'm not advocating for salads only because like a Caesar salad is horrific for you health-wise, you know? So you can really fucking ruin your health through salads. I just, for me, it was just always the clean, cleanest version of something. 
But I never had an out plan. I was just, once I got skinny, I just thought, okay, well, this worked. So the natural default is to just keep going at it. And that can get very dangerous. So even now in my life right now, all of the struggles I had before, I struggled with. Then I struggle with them now. Like just because I'm skinnier now doesn't mean that those struggles go away. And you can probably relate to that as well. Sure. Yeah. I was asked recently if having lost weight, I was now happy. And I was like, what an odd question. No, for sure not. Right. I mean, uh, when I was heavy, I had children and I could be happy watching a kid smile and like being around my friends. I, I was experiencing happiness. Those very same things can make me happy today. Right. Um, I feel a sense of accomplishment. Uh, I feel like I've achieved a goal and I can, I can like touch on an idea of happiness because of that. But like, uh, happiness is an eternal state that doesn't exist for me. Interesting. You know, very interesting. Basically, my feet don't hurt as much. I fit in chairs. I'm not constantly worried that I'm going to break shit sitting down. You know, I'm, I can get up a flight of stairs much easier. I don't take up as much space. Like these things I'm, I'm happy with. Right. But I don't know that I am happy because of, if that makes sense. Totally. Absolutely. You know, I think that, um, one of the reasons I was excited to do this podcast with you today and just in relating to your story is I've actually never talked about this ever. But in my current state now, I realize that as an adult, I currently battle with a major food addiction. And I used to famously tell people all the time, back in my days when I, people were like doing drugs around me, I was never big into drugs. But like, they, I was like, I don't have an addictive personality. I can literally like date someone and be over it the next day. It doesn't affect me. This is something that genuinely affects me to this day. I like... I have cravings that I feel powerless over constantly. And I was dating a girl who would bring over Oreos and potato chips. And I would implore her. I'd say, listen, you got to stop doing this shit. It affects me. And to her, she was like, what are you talking about? These are like Trader Joe's Oreos. And at two in the morning, I would go. So like now in my house, I don't have any of that stuff because I'm constantly battling the fight to eat bad food. And first off, as a man, like men don't talk about this. It's this is somehow been relegated to like a female issue and it's very much a male issue. And then at the same time, you can feel very hopeless because of it. So it's like for me, my relationship with food is an everyday struggle. Even this morning, like it was a struggle. I went to go get this coffee in my hands and there's like a super unhealthy piece of coffee cake. And all I'm thinking about is like laying in a field with that coffee cake, you know, (laughs) and just having the time of my life. And I'm like, me and that coffee cake would be so happy together. And I'm like, no. And it's it's the same urge that I think a smoker would get to where I have to like back away from the... So it's just, if you're out there and you are going through or you see guys like yourself or myself and you're like, oh, I can't get there. I would just say surround yourself with a support system because it's so critically important. Because even now, like I've lost the weight and I'm around people who are health conscious, not because I'm trying to like, like you're a super buff guy. And I'm not trying to be like, how do I get to that level? I just want to be around people who understand that struggle so they, they, we can support each other in that. Yeah, I think that's super relevant too. 
Um, as of today, my wife, maybe not today, but in recent times, my wife will go to the extreme limits of testing me with a cheese plate with like rosemary sprigs and inedible, you know, poisonous berries and all <laughs> kinds of stuff. I could do a lot of damage sure. with a cheese plate. I literally have to make sure that I don't get too near to the cheese plate. You know, like sometimes I'll avoid the room. She'll turn our entire dining room table into a cheese plate right. and have people over and I'm just like, well, that room's off limits to me for the time being. Now, I say that I also have battled substances and uh, went through a period of time where it was like not cool for me to go to a bar. Like, right. I couldn't sure. do that. Um, but then 10 years in, I could go wine tasting with my wife and I would taste the olive oil produced at the Vintners and, and she would be drinking wine. And it didn't really mess with me. So I think there is... While I can be aware that there are probably some things that I should not do, I should not eat an entire pizza alone in a hotel room. Yeah. That's no good. I will certainly have a slice of pizza again at some point, but I'm not going to disguise it and go into these habits that I used to have that are really dangerous. I probably won't drink alcohol again, but if I did... I would have to make sure that it wasn't being done in a sneaky manner. And, and I'm just saying, like, I completely empathize with the idea of uh, foods being a dangerous thing because I, I lived with that for a long time. But I do think it gets better. But there are structures we, you know, the first step is being aware of it. Like, and they'll try to get you. It's at every gas station. They're, it's on every billboard. They're constantly selling you cheap calories and placing images in your head of things that you have sense memory, tactile flavor, uh, sensory experiences yep. with. And you look at the cheeseburger, even though I've never had a Big Mac that looks anything like an advertisement for a Big Mac, you know, like, oh yeah, the glistening meat and the dehydrated onion cubes and two all beef patty special sauce lettuce cheese pickles <laughs> onions on a sesame seed like all of that is is creating this memory and making me want it of course Paige and i can tell you because we both work in production i've done more food commercials than i would like to admit and you can attest to this mm -hmm. there is a food artist team that shows up they cook that food on set and i shit you not i did a wendy's commercial where we had like nine finished burgers. This would be Carl's Jr. And they like stare at these things and they go, not that one, that one. And then they'll like look at it and it has to be absolutely perfect. Yeah. And that's what you see. Of course, it's not what you ever get, but it is this psychological war. It's like you're sitting at home and you see this perfect burger that's been manufactured by the hands of God on television. You're like, fuck, I want that burger. Yeah. And so... That's the war you have to fight. And for me, I am constantly focusing on little victories because if I focus on the big ones, I, I will lose every time. So I went through like a, a stretch of like two weeks because I just had like this nose thing done where I couldn't do anything. And I was literally making it rain on Postmates, like <laughs> Rick Ross style. You know, I was just like, like Oprah, like you get a burger, you get a burger. I did not care. 
And after like two weeks where I was like, I can't, I had like a real coming to Jesus model. I can't live like this anymore. I deleted Postmates. Yeah. Because I was like, I felt powerless over that app. As stupid as that sounds. I hate to cook, which is why Whole Foods saved me during, I would go and just get prepaid food or pre-made food. So I was like, I'm, I'm done. I deleted it. And like, that's a little victory to where if it's two in the morning, I know I'm not going to like download the app and like reinstall my credit card. It's just, so those little victories really go a long way. Like with the cheese board, you know, like removing yourself from that room. That's a small victory for you, yeah. but it pays dividends in the long run. Yeah. And I, I, <clears throat> I think that first being aware of it, like first, like checking in with yourself and going and, and whatever version of this, this is like a very, uh, 12 step idea of like, right. I am powerless right. and, and going, okay, uh, I'm going to make a bad decision. If I continue my behavior, I'm going to wind up with a decision that I want to avoid right now and to build some kind of a structure that avoids even five steps from that decision. Right. If if you I, – I, there was one point where it was like I I always drove home – a certain way. And I always drove by this 24 hours fast food place and I always wound up eating it. And I would tell myself as I was driving home, I'm not going to do that. And then sitting in the parking lot eating, I would be like, but I wasn't going to do this. Like, how did this happen? So there was a point where I literally had to alter my route home so that I was just never, like if I made the decision three miles away that I'm not going to eat it, well, I'm going to drive out of my way, so I'm not even going to get near it. You know, that's great. Whatever that a version of that is is helpful. Um, I relate to your cheese story because I used to love cheese. I used to like crush cheese all the time, yeah. and then I, the way that I defeated cheese was that sounds so weird to say it like that, but <laughs> was I watched a YouTube video about how toxic milk is, cow milk is to the human body. Yeah. And he was, the doctor was like, whatever you do with it, whether you like curdle it into cheese or make it into yogurt, this is like baby cow growth formula that's intended to take a small cow and blow it into this giant thing. And in no universe is this made for human consumption. And it was a total paradigm shift for me. Small victory, a five minute YouTube clip that I'm going to text you, by the way. And it literally, I was like, Huh, I don't look at cheese the same. And to this day, I don't look at cheese the same way or yogurt or butter or milk. I, and it was just for me, done. That yeah. was it right then and there. So, but now I don't miss cheese on pizzas anymore. But at the time, it was a struggle until I had that like little paradigm shift. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I'm. An extreme example. So I don't, you know, if you're listening to this, don't think that you have to like, your journey is your own. I don't bring bring anything into the house. I mean, not one thing that's unhealthy because I will eat it. So I have done the exact same thing you do, which is I have avoided certain streets that I know have like a Del Taco because I love Del Taco. And I'm like, I'm going to avoid that street. And I think that I forgive myself a lot. Like I'm constantly forgiving myself for if I make a bad decision. I don't beat myself. Like that two-week stretch on Postmates. I don't sit here and like go, why did I do that? But everything I do is is about daily like daily good decisions. Like I don't think like what's my month-long plan. So if I can get through the day making healthy decisions, I'm telling you for me, 
it makes day two easier than day one. I'm not like motivated. Well, you're on a one day streak. You did you did really well, and I'll just kind of ride that momentum. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think it's funny going back to your girlfriend bringing Trader Joe's cookies and stuff. Like yeah. I've had this conversation with my kids where they try to tell me like Whole Foods brand peanut butter cups are healthy. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, it's it's a peanut butter cup, like. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's Justin's or Reese's Pieces. Right. It's a peanut cup, you know. Yeah, it might have a couple less ingredients. It might have a more okay. wholesome piece or something. But no, it's the same thing. It's just marketed it's But that's the psychology. I'm yeah. like, well, wait a second. It's a Joe's O. Trader Joe's wouldn't lie right. to me. You know, right. like they have my best interests at heart. Right. Yeah. So I, I can eat this. It's yeah. fair trade. Right. Therefore, yeah. I can eat this it. This is organic chocolate. Yeah. It's yeah. a smaller giant corporation. Right. Exactly. Yeah. The the worst time I had with a friend was when she tried to explain that she just carries um this organic chocolate bar in her purse. And it's like 98% something, something. Yeah. I just have a little piece here and there. And it really does the trick. And I was like... No understanding of what you're saying. If that chocolate bar is in my purse, I'm eating the whole thing. And she was like, no, no, you just have a square. And I was like, no, you just have a square. Right. I have the whole thing. Sure. You know, so it doesn't matter that it's a better brand or something like that. It's if you can't have it, you can't have it. Yeah, this is the people that can leave half a glass of wine on the table mm-hmm. and or like not finish what's on their plate. I will finish what's on my plate and what's on your plate. Right. You know? Yep. Yeah. I will drink my glass of wine drink your glass of wine and order another bottle before we leave. Like, this is just what I do. Yeah. Um, the the idea that any of these things are better because they're packaged differently or whatever, you know, it's just, it becomes silliness. And look, you you have to find your own motivation. I, I And I just, I would really implore anyone listening to this to understand that for years I hated the gym. And I would try, I would go to the gym, I would get discouraged and I would give up. And that discouragement would like beget future discouragement. So I found something that worked for me. If like hot yoga is your thing, then like do that. I have buddies that go into the gym and crank three hours out and like, God bless, that's your thing. That's not my thing. I have buddies who are CrossFitters, like that's their thing. I like HIIT workouts. That's what I do. And I just would encourage people to, if you're in a place where you are depressed and you think there's no hope for you and it's not, like I was there and I'm sure you were there and it all it takes is like that first step in the positive direction because it, it just, you'll start feeling good about yourself, you'll motivate yourself and surround yourself with people who are in that journey who will motivate you. My gym friends became my friends and then I started hanging out with them. We'd meet at Orange Theory and then Barry's boot camp, and it like just became our thing. So that's been really helpful for me. Yeah, I think barring any kind of <clears throat> structural issue with the body, I think people can f- will be able to find something. Right. If you look, you know, if you go and try Orange Theory, and Orange Theory is not for you, and you go, "Well, I give up on exercise," that's your own short sightedness. But I, right. I totally agree. Like I've done CrossFit. And I enjoyed it until I hurt myself. But I'm also an old man who was carrying around a a lot of excess weight for a long time. So I have some joint issues. I tried riding bicycles. I tried rowing machines. I've I've actually enjoyed a lot of this stuff. I've done Barry's Boot Camp. What I'm doing now is perfect for me right now. I'm not 
I don't know that it will be perfect me, for me forever, but the the difference between my ideas of exercise as a kid and my ideas of exercise now, I just feel better doing it. Right. And I was, I think, mostly scared as a kid about not being good at it and being made fun of because I'm not good at it. And what I found was the people within the exercise community are generally not professional athletes. None of them are competing with me. And all of them want to see me succeed. I I would go to Orange Theory and I would always go on treadmill number two because tread one was this guy who would torch me in every class. Like it would actually like bother me because he was in shape. He would torch me. We never said a word to each other for six months. And he's at like a 12. I'm at like a six and I'm dying. I'm like huffing and puffing and dying. And he's just like, this guy's like Usain Bolt over there. And then he just turned to me one day and he was like, hey, man, great workout today, right? And it was all of a sudden like that intimidation like kind of washed away from me. And you start to realize like these people are generally really supportive. They've all kind of been in your shoes at once before. So it motivates you to kind of just like keep going and, and, and find your own flow. And that's the thing, like your journey is your own. It really is your own. I had a health scare that was like the other primary reason why I started to do it. One day I was getting a physical. I was probably 55 pounds heavier. And my primary care doctor, who's been my doctor since I was 14 years old. By the way, this is like the one thing you never want your doctor to ever fucking say in your life. He put the stethoscope to my chest and he goes, huh. And I was like, <laughs> I was like excuse me? And he's like, huh. He goes, can you lie down? I have no idea what's going on. I lie down. Brings in the EKG machine. He goes, your heart is skipping a lot of beats. That's not normal for you. I want to send you to a cardiologist. I was like, okay, when? He's like, now. Like, right now. I want you to go to car. I like drove to UCLA where they were waiting for me. And they were like, you are, you have an arrhythmia, like a very serious arrhythmia. What's going on? Had no idea. They thought it was just stress and poor diet. Because it was idiopathic. I had no structural issues wrong with my heart. But I was having about 15% of my heartbeats, which at 20% is very dangerous. Like that's where pacemaker conversations come in. So that was the other motivating. It was like, there's no more time. Your yeah. body is telling you. And now I'm down to a 2% arrhythmia burden. 2% of my heartbeats are irregular now. So the diet was a motivating factor, focusing on my mental health. You kind of have to like choose yourself first. And, and, selfishly choose yourself. I know that's kind of an ox, you know what I mean? Like you have to not be afraid when, you're, when your boys are like, come on, pussy, you're not going to drink. I'm like, no, I'm not going to drink because I have a heart condition and like this is really important to me. Yeah. And, and not be afraid of that. Like people are always going to like, there's always noise from the rafters. You know, you just kind of have to like choose your own life and your own health first. And that was, that was it. And, and do you have to take medicine for arrhythmia or is it all health, uh, nutrition and, and physical? This is a rabbit hole that I'll avoid. Okay. But, but I'll tell you that uh, UCLA tried to ablate it where they go into your heart with like a catheter and tried to like actually physically ablate my heart. It did not work. Right. So then they were like, we can try blood thinners and antiarrhythmic medication. And I was not willing to go down that road unless I had to, which they said you don't have to. And I just was like, I'm going to try food and health. And as it started to go down and down and down, they were like, okay, this is working. Keep going. So now all of my health decisions are predicated around 
what's best for my heart. You know, yeah. heart healthy at the end of the day. So. Yeah. I wish I had at any point the willpower to go like I can I can de- I can look at two foods and determine which is healthier because I believe that that was probably true. Now I'm not saying that this is universal knowledge that uh somebody who has grown up eating ding-dongs and and Coca-Cola might have. I don't know. I don't know what they are aware of or not aware of, but I feel that I could make the choice. And I know salad dressing can be quite tricky and and calorically deceiving. You know, olive oil could even get into it. When you look at the calories in a tablespoon of olive oil is like worth half a cup of rice calorically, which is shocking. Right. Um, But – I think that if you showed me a bag of Doritos and an apple, I would go, I think the apple's probably healthier and more nutritious, right? It's amazing that you have been able to navigate this without like cracking books or getting super specific on stuff. Like I I appreciate that you cut out dairy because dairy can be a really dense source of calories. Yeah, so I have so many thoughts to what you just said. Number one, if if you pick an apple over a bag of Doritos, you are a sociopath. And I don't want your energy anywhere in my life. Okay, I, mean, I want to be listen, really clear. I like Doritos too. They've <laughs> yeah. got MSG. They've kind of got everything I don't, you need. Hot Doritos, let me tell you, like if you're taking an apple over hot Doritos, like just let's just go our separate ways. But isn't that not, what you did? Yeah, well, yes, but that goes back to not denying myself. So if I wanted a bag of hot Doritos, which... I did the campaign for Hot Doritos because I loved them back in the day. They discontinued them. I was emotionally very – the Cheetos did not replace it for me. Okay. And when they brought it back, the Backstreet Boys campaign, like a year ago during the Super Bowl, I did that commercial. And I was – I think I was the only one on set who didn't give a shit about the Backstreet Boys and was like genuinely elated that these Hot Doritos were coming back into my life. And so what I'll do, and I've done this, is I will say – you can earn a bag of, a small bag, not the Costco size, a small bag at the end of the week. If you eat clean for a week on a Sunday, you can have like a small bag, get your fix, and it works. And you're able to have the small bag, not drive to the store and buy the Costco. Bag. No, no, I will I will not go. Um, thankfully, Costco's a pain in the ass to go through, so that deters me a lot. But yeah. no, I just... It's or the family pack or no, whatever it is. No, I, I'm I'm able to do that, but I but I would never shame somebody who is struggling with that decision. And yeah. if that's if that's you, then you have to adjust accordingly. You know, I I would. There's ways to cheat that, right? You can have a friend you really trust, like a like remember South Park, like the accountability buddy, you know, yeah. <laughs> like someone like that, where like maybe they hold on to that stuff for you and they bring it to you, something like that. Like you can you can cheat these things. For me. The small bag was enough of a fix to get what I needed and like be out the door. Yeah. I was good with that. And then as far as dairy goes, my cardiologist was the one that, which first off, like when you're in your like late 20s going into a cardiologist's office, like that's the weirdest thing because everyone's like 85 and you're like, they're like, what's wrong with you? Right. And uh, he was the one that was like, go vegan. So I didn't fully go vegan, but he, that was what got the conversation that dairy might be toxic for me. Was because the cardiology community is like pretty universally against dairy products, animal products, yeah, things Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah, all these—I don't want to say tricks. um, You know, just all these 
uh, things that you're saying or you're saying, Ethan, of like, okay, here's what I'll, I'm going to be great for the week and eat the way I want. I'm going to reward myself with this. And then if that works for you, then great. That's something you know is a tool. That's the word I'm looking for, tool. But then some people can't. Like, I don't know if I could do that. I just can't have the Doritos when I'm on something, you know, a, a good plan. Right. But some people can. Or, you know, just these little things. It's And I think it's a little bit of trial and error, just speaking from personal experience, I guess, not to because I'm not an expert. But it's like, okay, that works for me. Or not being around this food or not having people over to my house for dinner or, you know, whatever. Whatever the thing is, you have to try those. And then you come up with those stable workable tools. And like, I don't know, I just think, I just think all of this is so good to go over and talk through all the time because you never know who's home going, oh yeah, that's a good thing that I can implement or or whatever, whatever it is. I don't know. It's, I'm getting so much out of the conversation. No, I love it. And I think it's super valid. Look, as of today, when I do maintenance, it is a lot less thought than trying to cut weight. And, and it does become a version of what you're talking about where I'm not even rewarding myself, but I'm just kind of going like. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's almost intuitive, you know, after I've, after I've done a couple of weeks and I know exactly what my calories are and I've spent time grooving that in and then I'm just eating and I, I can eyeball stuff and it's, and it's fine. And then cutting is a little bit more thought. I just think, um, look, if you can do that, that sounds like the way to go. Right. Honestly, mm-hmm. like if you can, if you can pull that off just by making good decisions, do that. And if all it takes is the decision to make good decisions and you start down that path, that's amazing. And especially when you recognize that you have addictions and you're constantly battling them. So you're, 
you really are up against something that's presenting you with a problem all the time. And all all the time. It's not like a cocaine addiction where it's it's illegal and you don't access it. You have to eat every day. Yeah. So if you have a problem with eating, that's a real struggle. And I was not at the place in 2016 to have the strength to work up to a bag of Doritos, I would have gone and bought the family Costco size and crushed it. Yeah. It took me losing the weight. Like I had to gain the strength to get to this point. So if you're listening now and you're like, well, I don't have that. That's not me. Not, it wasn't me either. Yeah. It took me a year to get to that point to where I was like, once you have momentum and you feel good about yourself, then you're less willing to like make those. So certainly don't feel bad if you can't do that. And to reiterate your point about losing the weight without a, like a nutritionist involved, the silver, the, like the good in that is that I got skinny and I can wear 32 size pants now. And I love that. The bad in that is that I'm 100% skinny fat, even right now. And I know that because there's science to eating. And, there's a, and I'm at the point now where I'm like, okay, maybe I should bring in someone who can help me because... I'm skinny. I generally like I, I like the way I look, but I know that like I'm not making optimal decisions. But again, it's taken me two and a half years to get to this point where I'm like, I need to bring someone in. It wouldn't have been appropriate a year ago for me for my mental state. Yeah, and it's just your journey. Like that's my journey now. In 2020, I'm ready to bring in someone. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Your goal has changed too. Right. Your first goal was just lose weight. Right. And you seem to have done that really, really well. Right. And now, and now your goal has changed. And I think, but that's perfectly valid too. Like, certainly my goal is very different from like day one of a diet of when the first time I dieted as an adult going like, I, I need to change my life. I had none of the goals I have today. It's utterly different landscape entirely, dealing with a whole different set of factors really that come into what my life is even, you know, and I think that that's something to recognize too. There's nothing wrong with the goal of I just need to lose weight. Right. Like, that's a perfectly valid goal that I think many, many people have and there's no need to get super specific. Like when you're talking about, I have a 32 inch waist now, which I love. I want to build more muscle. Like, could you have even articulated that goal in 2016? I didn't even know waists got down to 32 in 2016. <laughs> right. I thought they ended at 36. And no, it's it's the evolutionary process of your of your own ind- like individual fitness journey is so specific to you. And I love that you talk about that because there's so much discouragement out there. Again, me, I would see my friends who were fit and I would be so discouraged by it because why do I look like that? So yes, it's an it's an evolution. Like your process is totally your own and your goals will change over time and they'll and they'll adjust. And for me, like they've adjusted. Like I I when I was two hundred and thirty-five pounds, I got down to one seventy-five. That was all I wanted to do was just be skinny. And then I was like, then you start thinking about health differently. So yeah, I just think it's really your own journey. Yeah. And I, I think it's really important. And I don't think we can go over this too much that there, if you're doing something that's a diet, 
quote-unquote, or as my friend Michael Malice would say, a regimen. And the idea is weight loss. If you, you know, you'll hit a point where you can't lose weight anymore. And, and if you continue to diet, you'll just have to adjust. Right. It will constantly be adjusting so that you lose weight. But if you're never considering what happens at the end of that, like if you go on to something like keto or if even if you go like, I just want to lose weight, so I'm going to try a vegan diet just as a weight loss tool and you're not changing your the way you eat for moral reasons or whatever, if it's not a lifelong pursuit, the, the, the after, the second phase, I think is really more important. It's also for me harder. For sure. 100% the the struggle daily is 10 times harder to me than going to Orange Theory and running on a treadmill for an hour. Yeah. That was easy because I just get my foot in the door. Um, You have to think of food as a relationship. It really is like a lifelong, like you are making a lifelong, you, you cannot be without each other for the rest of your life. So like any relationship you have, it has to be healthy. If you have a toxic marriage, it doesn't work. If you have a toxic relationship with food, it doesn't work. And so I'm, I have to manage my relationship with food every day, yeah. every single day. And that means driving on certain streets or avoiding bringing food into my house or avoiding certain dinners that if I know my friends are just going to crush burgers at a football game, how do I adjust? Being on set mm-hmm. was like the hardest thing for me because – you go on a set, you're super intent on having a healthy day. It's hour 14. There's craft service with everything you want. That was a real struggle for me. Yeah, 100%. I had to walk away. I, I would tell my production teams, put craft service on the other side. I don't want to be anywhere near it because I will just go and eat it all day long. Yeah. So yeah, that relationship has to be managed for the long term. Yeah, this is a, another reason I'm not a big advocate advocate of uh, cheap meals. Right. And, and I and I and I think uh, if you're doing something like carb cycling, I think if you're at the point of carb cycling, you're basically doing some version of a bodybuilder diet, and right. you're probably in decent shape. If you're doing carb cycling as uh, your first diet, and you need to lose a bunch of weight, or you want to lose a bunch of weight, carb cycling the the calories don't really change you're just switching from fats to carbs right and so when you do that you lower the the fats when you're eating carbs right and so it's not quite the same as a cheat meal of what i thought of as a cheat meal you can do so much damage with a cheat meal that you can wipe out your progress for the whole week totally so when i think about your ability to have a bag of Cheetos, or Doritos, sorry. Yeah. That hot, was a hot, real big, big faux pas. Yeah. <laughs> There's a big difference. No, I mean, I have, my kids are into hot Cheetos, yeah, yeah. but they will always tell me they've made the healthier choice by eating the weird off-brand Whole Foods or Trader Joe's. There is a Trader Cheetos. Joe's one, yeah. yeah or yeah. these <laughs> things called Takis. Yes, I was just Which are say. curled mm-hmm corn chips i think i don't know what yeah. they are exactly but they get the off-brand ones and they're like look dad we're making the good choice and i'm like it's the same shit yeah um but i today could also have a bag of doritos and it would be perfectly fine i don't do that and i i don't really advocate for that because i don't think that 
it's applicable to what I've been through because sure. my experience with cheat meals has largely been I follow a diet very closely and, you know, certainly with like the Tim Ferriss version of it where he would even have cheat days, I think. Mm -hmm. It would be morning to night gorging on anything and everything I could think of and it would wipe out the entire week sure. and like what and and I wouldn't even feel good I would be eating so much I would literally feel poisoned and so full that I didn't even want to walk around so it, it's so subjective and from person to person like maybe you're not a person who would do that and you can get away with the idea of a cheat meal like Tim Ferriss when I when I, I suspect he's not going from 2000 calories a day to 20,000 calories on his cheat day. He's probably more in the awful categorization that I place people in calling them normal people where they're just like, no, I'm going to have a slice of pizza. Maybe I'll have two. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and I'll tell you, like, you know, Costco's pizza is like infamous, at least in Southern California. It's 780 calories for a slice of pizza. Mm -hmm. Walking by Costco and walking by that window and not stopping to get a pizza has been like a significant challenge for me right. because I love that pizza. And I was going to ask you about your diet, your regimented diet. Do you like the food that you eat? I love it. I I didn't at first, like when I first switched it over from high fat to low fat, I thought that carbs were going to be a real issue. Right. I found very quickly that carbs without fat are not are not a gateway for me. Like uh, fettuccine Alfredo, yes, I can eat buckets and buckets of that. But fettuccine dry, maybe with a little sea salt, is really not that fun. Or like a whole wheat pasta that's literally dry with some chicken breast is not something that I want to sit and eat 10,000 calories of. Right. Um, but I've gotten to the point where I feel great. I'm never hungry. Even when I'm cutting, uh, that I I just can't imagine eating differently than I do right now. And that is like verbatim what I would say about my current diet, which I'm sure is different than yours. Sure. And in 2016, I would have like been disgusted by what I eat now. But if you're listening to this and you're in that place where you just like you're like I'm never going to be able to give up pizza. It's it's trust us. It's doable. And I love what I eat now. Like a lean piece of like salmon over greens is like my idea of like an ideal lunch. Whereas three years ago, that would have been like the most disgusting one. Your taste buds will change. There yeah. is hope long term. You just got to have to like ride it and, and trust the trust the journey. It's not an overnight thing by any means. No. And by the way, you said salmon, and I do have salmon once or twice a week, and it's a treat because it's a fattier fish. Sure. And it is glorious. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and that's the craziest thing to talk about because I, you know, when I was doing keto, I would be like, fish, that's too lean. You know what I mean? And, and now it's like this wonderful explosion of omega threes in my mouth that I really, really enjoy and get something more out of than I ever did before. And it's, it's nice. I could never have thought I would have liked rice and chicken breasts or, you know, uh, broccoli slaw and 96% uh, 
lean ground beef. You right. know what I mean? Like that right. sounds terrifically boring. And yet that's what I eat a lot of and I like it. Right. Yeah. And that's how I've, that's exactly been my journey. I, my taste buds evolved. I like what I eat. I have avoided any kind of intermittent fasting or things like that. I don't do, I not, not discouraging those that do just wasn't for me because I was always acutely aware of the long-term game. If I wasn't going to intermittent fast for the rest of my life, which I wasn't committed to doing, then I wasn't going to train my body for a second to get used to that because I knew the effects weren't going to be there long-term. Yeah. Well, I talked to Kevin Smith about this and he does do intermittent fasting and it works great for him. Totally. But even in that conversation, and I had this experience time and again doing keto where I I read up on keto and it's like, no, if you just switch over from glucose to fat and you get into ketosis, your body's going to consume its own fat and calories are irrelevant. But that's not true because unless you can do that, you can switch over. Your body can run basically on gasoline or diesel if, if we're going to make it an analogy. But if you're eating... 10,000 calories a day in fat, your body has no need to burn its own fat. In fact, it will happily store the excess fat that you're putting into it. So with something like intermittent fasting, if you go into it thinking, I have a four-hour window to feed and I'm going to eat chocolate cake and Big Macs and anything else that takes me in excess of my day's calories... It's not going to work. Right. You're going to gain weight. And I've had this conversation with a couple of people where they're like, no, these things, these metabolic processes happen. One's called autophagy where your body naturally consumes itself. And I'm like, yeah, that's because you're under your calories for the day. And and I mean, I, I would even say just try it for a week, you know, what? figure out your calories eat above those for four hours a day and see what happens. Totally. You, you know what I mean? But if you find that giving yourself a shorter window, you feel great for the rest of the day and you you can eat in a way that isn't uh, in excess, then that's it. That's great. Do it. You know? Yeah. I, yeah. Again, it's, it's, um, I'm so like, I'm so careful when I say these kinds of things because I, I I remember what it was like to be discouraged for so long. So people who are listening to this and if they're at that place that we were at, because I, for me, I feel like I got my life back. That's how I, I look back at like my 30s have, have been so much better than my 20s and health was a huge part of that. But if you're not there, you're still like, a, a, I mean, I mean like you're a beautiful person exactly where you are right now even if you are bigger than you want to be or whatever like there's always an opportunity to just like gain your life back and but like t- like learning this kind of information understanding that like these fad diets probably are not going to work the keto thing is great i'm glad it worked for you like i just for me it was i always saw physical fitness as like the same thing as building a career in production like there's no shortcut to it i have, you have to, it's it's man hours on set it's man hours in the gym you cannot circumvent that. So liquid diets or juice diet, I just never even, it was never even like a consideration to me. It was just like, there's the hard way, which is going to be the most fulfilling way if you can stick to it. So yeah, it takes a lot of effort, you know, a it lot sure of effort. Does. It sure does. But 
um, I think, I don't know, it gets a little easier, don't you think? Like the like you said, small victories along the way and it becomes a little easier. It becomes routine. And the thing you said about your taste buds changing, I think is so key because it really is true. The healthier you eat, the more you get used to that. And it might be tough for a few weeks. It could be tough for a few months. It, everybody's different. But once you start feeling better, then yeah, salmon tastes amazing and you can't believe it, but it does. Like I'm kind of in that right this minute because I've been doing something for a little while to just get back on track after COVID quarantine eating. But I'm getting there and I'm like, oh no, I feel so much better. Do you, know? you have a plan for, for the after. other side? Well, let me just say, <laughs> I have been discussing that very thing with my buddy in this process. My wife. Like, yes. Okay. Um, like, you know, Ethan keeps talking about having a plan B and I'm, I'm listening to this Am all the I time. Am I stressing you out no, by telling you no, to have a plan? actually, <laughs> no. I, I keep saying this to her, like, we have to really put some conscious effort into what is that going to be? Because my whole life has been do a thing for a while, lose some weight, back at it, you know? And I don't want to do that. So I committed to 30 days of a certain thing and coming up on three weeks of that. I'm like, what is that next step going to be? Is it going to be 30 more days or is it going to be whatever? And we've been talking about that, like sitting down and having plan B. By the way, you've been been having meetings to discuss when you're going to make a plan (laughs) for the plan. It's a planning to plan. Video (laughs) chats about what we're going to plan. No, we're meeting in person tomorrow. Yeah, Marco Marco, Polo chats. chats. By the way, if you're listening out there, like we are gifting you with a trillion dollar fitness idea here because every fitness plan package in the world is plan A. It's how to get skinny. And there is no plan that I'm aware of that's the plan B. It's like, go get skinny and then come to us and we'll manage. So if you're out there and you want to have like, you want to retire. Just call it plan B. Like literally, I think the plan B franchise is is already taken. But I think... uh, I, this is a, a billion dollar idea you should go. And similar to you, my taste buds have changed. I used to suck down Diet Cokes on set like mm-hmm. it was my fucking job. And yeah. now <laughs> I literally, I'll reach for, and I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going with La Croix from this point forward. Do it. it has a, a waft of arrogance that really sure. appeals like to it. me. It's great. But, um, I would grab those La Croix like on set instead of a Diet Coke. And, yeah. it, and now I don't even like the taste of a Diet Coke. It tastes poisonous to me. So. Change happens. Listen, I want to say that I'm in the same boat as you. And I have had Diet Coke banned from my house a number of times by my wife because I will get out of hand with anything. I can do anything too much. And I've done that with Diet Coke. And then she accuses me of being addicted to Diet Coke. And I'm like, I don't think that's physically possible. And she says, well, you did it. (laughs) (laughs) If given the right meal... An ice cold Diet Coke over ice with a little lime or lemon or something. God, that's a that's a real fancy beverage for me. Mm-hmm. That's your hot Doritos, oh, dude. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, oh, and yeah. like you got to own that. Like, yeah. there's nothing wrong with the fact that that's your moment of zen. That's it. Yeah. Like I said, there's times that I like want to move into a bag of Doritos and mm-hmm. live among the Doritos. Yeah. You know, but I'm like, you realize, I think, similar to me, that that's a thing. That's not good for you. Yeah. And so you have to exercise control over it. This is really like, I'm, I'm so glad I did this because I, that falls right into line with the plan B. Like the Diet Coke is the A portion of it. Yeah. But how do you manage the Diet Coke is, is your real success with Diet Coke. It doesn't that, if you have a Diet Coke right now in front of us, it's going to make no difference to your life. No. 
But how you manage your relationship with Diet Coke is all the difference. Yeah. And that's like how you manage food, how you manage pizza, whatever it is. Like that is just, that's where support systems come in, finding exercise that you like. Uh, my friends were super vocal with me when I was losing weight. I was constantly getting positive reinforcement, which was like huge for me. So again, like I'm so I'm so thankful that there is a voice in the health and wellness community that is focused on the journey of after like because it's that's just to me like that's everything i really do and i want to reiterate i do think and i think we hear a lot like the words lifestyle change fine that's valid it is a lifestyle change but if you're gonna do something that's at least thought through Enough to go, this is what I'm doing as opposed to what I was doing. So that's a plan, right? If it's if it's a diet that's super structured, if it's a diet like yours where it's just healthy choices, the recognition that this is not lifelong or at some point there will be an alteration to this. Because if it's meant for you to lose weight, you can starve yourself to death. Right. Obviously, none right. of us want to do that. And and I don't mean to knock like the real disease of ane- not anemia, anorexia. Right. Sorry. So I that's a real thing, people. That's a big problem. So we recognize that we're doing this regimen in order to lose weight. That is not a lifestyle change. That is a duration of time that will come to an end. And it will come to an end either with you dying of malnutrition or you going, I've lost enough weight. I can be done. The rest of your life is when you got to figure out how you're going to live so that you don't have to do that thing again. Yeah. Plan B. Plan yeah. B. And, and if you begin that journey with like the end in mind, like what you're talking about, I think, and I don't know why it's not given more credence in fitness and conversations, I think that you avoid the yo-yo effect because you almost are like accounting for it in advance. Like you know that like this this phase is the weight loss phase and then the the immediate after part, which would be where you would yo-yo back up, you're not going to do that because you're prepared for it going in. So like it's a total paradigm shift in the way you think about losing weight in fitness, but I think it's, it's people who can do that will really be positioned for success long-term. Yeah, and and it could be something like, I'm going to just be vegan now forever because I have, you know, maybe it's not uh, that I want to lose a lot of weight or whatever. Maybe it's like more internal uh, cholesterol issues and you're going like, right. well, I'm just going to go vegan to mitigate all these issues. And maybe it is that's your plan. And maybe, y- you know, you have some uh, autoimmune stuff and so you're going to do carnivore or, or keto or something like this to affect change there. And it is, that is your plan and you have to do that for health. That's valid too. But in the universe of weight loss, it tends to be lose weight for a period of time with no real thought. And every diet that's very specific that has a plan B the plan B isn't forever, and you're generally still losing weight on the plan B. So in that sense, it's a plan C. It's like, what are you going to do after this so that you don't get back there? I really do think that that is 
more relevant than whatever you're doing to lose weight. Like you can lose weight by just not eating. You right. can drink water and lose weight. You could, there's a million ways to lose weight. You can eat only fat, eat only carbs. You can do all of this. You can make healthy decisions. You could, there's a lot of different ways to lose weight. What, what are we going to do after? Yeah. What, what comes next? So I have no answers. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling you to f- sit down and it. figure it out. Figure it out. Damn it. Well, but I mean like a, a small little thing you can do to just like start is just is have an honest conversation with yourself about what your relationship with food is. And that's a tough conversation to have. Yeah. It was hard to admit to myself that I was like powerless over pizza. It sounds ridiculous. But that's a conversation I had to have. So that I, when you become self-aware like that, you say, okay, like, I'm going to go into this and I know that these are the things that I struggle with. So you can adjust accordingly. Like you said, there's no real direct answer unless you're meeting with a nutritionist who's going to just monitor you for the rest of your life. It was just about being self-aware. For yeah. Me, you know? Yeah. Perfectly valid. And I think that if, if you run into or you butt up against um, the ideas of powerlessness being abhorrent to you or whatever, this is language. We're talking about language here and you shouldn't be discouraged from confronting something because you don't like the language. Put it into different language. When I drink alcohol, I tend to make bad decisions. I've done this a number of times and deciding to not make bad decisions hasn't worked, right? Switch it out with pizza. I haven't been successful eating a single slice of pizza. You can put that into any words you want, but recognizing the truth of that is what's important, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so, because I've talked to people and they're like, I'm not powerless against anything. And I go, okay, find some other words to describe what I'm talking about. Totally possible. This This is not a position on truth. This is a position on language. Right. Totally. Yeah. And 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 be kind to yourself. Like please be kind to yourself. Like if you're struggling or if you get depressed about things or if you eat to feel better, which I used to do all the time, it's okay. Like be kind to yourself, accept that part of 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 your life and realize that it needs to change and that's okay. That change is okay. It can be really hard and really scary. We're creatures of habit and and you'll you can get through it if you commit to it. Yeah, totally. And in that sense, if you're a gamer and you're 20 pounds, is that what they call them? Kids who play video games for a living? Yeah, I think this is a thing. Yeah. And you're happy with yourself, but you have somebody going like, you need to get healthy and you don't find that to be true. Tell that person to go fuck themselves. 100%. Yeah. 100%. I'm telling you, like, there's this great Babe Ruth quote that I love. And I, it's, I hope it's him, him actually saying it. Because, like, it's on the internet it says it is, but, like, <laughs> yeah. the internet is a lot of wild shit. So it says, the loudest boos come from the cheap seats. The people who make the least investment in you are always the ones who will criticize you the most. So if you, the people who love you, who are in your life, who want what's best for you, are going to support you every step of the way. Positive reinforcement, like helping you make those decisions. I had friends who would go to like Whole Foods with me and like shop with me just out of the kindness of their heart because they were so like, 
let me help you. And I needed all of that and then some. I'm very high maintenance. So I needed all of these things to be okay. Yeah. So, and it worked. It worked for me. So, you know, like I always tell people when they reach out to me from like the Bravo world and they're like, oh, you're, I'm, I'm losing weight too. I always say, DM me, keep in contact with me and I will check in with you. I'll make it a point to check in with you because it's two seconds of my time. It will help. Yeah. And, and I'm committed to it. So. It's amazing, dude. Yeah, man. It's like it, it it connects you to the people too. And it's like I can relate to their journey. I was in that place once and and maybe they'll do something that motivates me. So you kind of have this like healthy little dialogue. And that's just really what it's all about, you know, yeah. helping each other and loving each other. Yeah. So awesome. Well, thank you for coming in and sharing all that with This us. was a blast, man. This yeah. was a blast. Now for some QA. Uh this question is from Adam. Adam writes, Any books you would recommend on nutrition? Uh, thanks for the question, Adam. I will say that I started the first book I ever read on nutrition was by a gal named Adele Davis. I can't even remember what the book was called. And I think I might've read two or three books by her and they were kind of like very old school diet books, but I remember liking them a lot and they were kind of straightforward. And if I'm remembering correctly, had some really good information in them. Uh, more current science-y books uh, that I'd recommend are uh, Lane Norton wrote a book called Fat Loss for Life, and uh, Mike Isratel wrote a book called The Renaissance Diet 2.0. Both of those books are outstanding. I read both of them. So those are the books. Those are like my go-to books. If I have any question currently about anything i look for an answer within one of those two books thank you for your question if you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast please submit it to americanglutton.net thanks for listening to this episode of american glutton i'm ethan suplee and as always joined by my chaperone Paige dorian follow us on instagram at american glutton podcast sincerely 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 